I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, normally my usual guest, Wiley, aka the Venomous Stare, would be on, but this week he's not available, but it's my pleasure to welcome my good friend and mentor, Steve Adams, who resides in beautiful, sunny Southern California. What's going on, Steve? Well, I'll tell you, things, as a Vikings fan, things are certainly looking up a little bit more after Monday night. Um, It wasn't that long ago, um, right around my birthday, actually, when the Vikings had lost, not just lost, but they got blown out at home by the Falcons. And at that point, I mean, the Vikings were one and five at that point. And um, boy, oh boy, it was not looking good at all. But now all of a sudden, three wins in a row, getting a win in Green Bay, getting a win against Detroit, and then getting a win in Chicago last night. Now all of a sudden, they're four and five. And um, the Bears, who had started off the season five and one, now they've lost. Uh, three in a row, so the Vikings are kind of on the verge of maybe passing passing the Bears. So I mean, there is some hope that the Vikings could actually make the playoffs. Well, the Vikings are still in third, but with the momentum going on, with all the football left to play, they certainly have a shot. And this was this is what this today's episode is about. This Sunday, my Dallas Cowboys are taking on Steve's Minnesota Vikings. God, you know. <laughs> The Cowboys are two and seven. You know, at, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? The more losses, the better, because we need that top five, top five uh, first round draft pick. And there's a lot of things I gotta talk about as far as that goes, because you know what? I'm at the point where if we have to get rid of Prescott, you know what? So freaking be it. Okay. A lot of fans hate me for saying this, but you know what? I don't care because I tell the truth. Paying Dak Prescott forty million dollars guaranteed for uh, each season is a stupid mistake. Now, for those of you that want to say the Cowboys failed him by not paying him, that's a stupid lie because let me remind you folks, they offered him numerous deals. He soured on all of them, okay? So at this point, it's also Prescott's fault that he didn't get paid. He got offered more, several more than reasonable deals. He soured on them. That's his fault. But the whole situation, I mean, the, the whole thing with the situation this season, it's not just the quarterback. I mean, the, the defense is awful, offensive line. I mean, that huge... Dominant offensive line that the Cowboys had a few years ago, it is gone. Vanished, destroyed, shattered in a million pieces. It'll take years to have an offensive line again. But going to this game against the Vikings, it's going to be on the road. I mean, Dallas doesn't really do well against Minnesota on the road. I mean, I got to ask you, I mean, you being a Vikings fan, I'm sure that you hold a grudge against the Cowboys for numerous reasons, right, Steve? I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> it just... I know you're 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 a good friend, and full disclosure, I've lived in Texas for about five years of my life. I lived in San Antonio when I was in the Air Force. Uh, I worked as a travel nurse in Dallas nine years ago. Um, I love the state of Texas. I love Texans. I was just in Dallas actually a couple of weeks ago, but uh, but yeah. Uh, my my dislike of the Cowboys goes all the way back to the Hail Mary catch uh, against the Vikings uh, back in the early 70s when I was a kid. So, yeah, 
um, looking forward to playing Dallas right now. But you know what, though? Alex, even as bad as the Cowboys have been, they're in the NFC East. This actually is a must-win game for the Cowboys. They actually have a shot if they can somehow get hot. They actually can theoretically come out of the NFC least. <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't see it happening because of how terrible the defense is. Oh, first of all, first things first, if they're going to put Andy Dalton back in just like that, that's our, that's a huge stupid mistake. At this point, Garrett Gilbert has to stay the quarterback because he did great against Pittsburgh. He came very close to pulling off what would have been one of the biggest upset in NFL history. And for Stephen Jones and Mike McCarthy to confirm that as soon as Andy Dalton's clear to play, he's back at the starting position, though that's a stupid mistake. Now, I have nothing against Andy Dalton, but you know, since he was on the COVID restriction list and he, he suffered a concussion, a concussion after that huge and ugly hit, I think it's best that Garrett Gilbert remains. Now, I, I really got to talk about Garrett Gilbert because this guy, at one point, I would I could not be very excited to see this guy play because Steve, you might not know this, but at one time. Garrett Gilbert was the best high school quarterback in the state of Texas. Hell, he was the second best quarterback in the entire nation, right behind Matt Barkley of California. The day that Garrett Gilbert verbally committed to play for the Texas Longhorns, I was so happy. I mean, this was one of the very first actual like sports writing stories I wrote. because I was This was when I was a sophomore in high school. When he committed, I was like, dude... This guy could be better than Colt McCoy and Vince Young. This guy could be the best quarterback in Texas Longhorn history. Now, unfortunately, one day when Longhorns were in the championship against Alabama, Colt McCoy got hurt, and in comes in Garrett Gilbert, who was a true freshman at the time. God, I mean, he was just a freshman who was thrown in the fire, nearly led Texas back to a win, but couldn't get it done. Unfortunately, his career at Texas did not go well. And But now that I think of Gilbert, he's like, you know what? If he played good against Pittsburgh, you know, we got to let this guy play because it seems that despite everything that's happened, he does have a good arm. He loves he loves to play the game, and he knows how to be a quarterback. I mean, like I said, actually, at one point, he was the best in the state of Texas. At the high actually, school I, was watch, I was actually watching that game when I, when I flew from Dallas uh, to come back to Los Angeles. I was watching it on the plane. He played a really decent game against the Steelers. Um I think if if Dallas plays as well as they did against the the Steelers and if Kirk Cousins plays like one of the games that he had in the early part of the season where he was throwing the ball with some great regularity of the guys in the other jerseys, um, you know, Dallas could it, – it, it is a winnable game for the Cowboys. Yes, I think the Vikings should definitely be the favorite um, – they won an ugly game uh, in Chicago on Monday night. Dalvin Cook had uh, – that's probably been the the biggest change for the Vikings in the last four weeks is they've been getting Dalvin Cook the rock, and uh, he's been producing. Uh, he's about 50 yards shy of hitting 1,000 yards, and this is like the 10th game of the season, and uh, he's on the verge of hitting 1,000 yards. He gained 96 really tough yards on 30 carries against the Bears. He didn't have any long, uh, you know, breaks or anything like that. But the one thing that Dalvin Cook has that uh, another former 
uh, Viking running back who was from the great state of Texas, uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't seem to fumble, whereas that was something that um, unfortunately was a pretty big black mark against Adrian Peterson in his career. For all of his greatness, speed, uh, and electrifying ability, Peterson just had this incredible regularity of coughing up the ball. So uh, that's something that Cook does not have. And uh, he's been very steady. And um, by, you know, sort of putting their uh, their trust in him, it's worked out pretty well for the Vikings the last three weeks. You know, the Vikings certainly have the advantage, you know, f- from last year how Minnesota beat Dallas. I mean, Minnesota really – dominated with the screenplay and the running game. And I really believe that uh, how with how bad Dallas' defense is, you know, with, with a lack of lack of a pass rusher, a defense that with a secondary that, you know, t- that tends to get burned and, you know, blow up on coverage and, you know, commit stupid penalties. I really believe that Kirk Cousins is going to have his way with, with the Cowboys. I mean, people would say, well, you know, it's Kirk Cousins. He always got his butt kicked against the against the Dallas. Well, that's when he was with Washington. I mean, he's not with Washington anymore. But the problem with Dallas is, you know, you know, speaking of fumbling, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, that's been a problem with him this season. And, you know, and Zeke Elliott, ever since he got paid, to say that he has not exceeded expectations is an understatement. I mean, it's sickening. I mean, he, he held out, he got paid, and he's not been giving the Cowboys what they want. I mean, this is unacceptable. Okay, and you know, I'm straight out of the blue. If Andy Dalton's playing, Minnesota's defense is certainly going to have fun against that because, I mean, like I said, I have nothing against Andy Dalton, but you know, right now the best quarterback to play in this in, in this uh, situation it's Garrett Gilbert. I mean, I mean, we well, I think Gilbert Gilbert gives him a little Gilbert gives him a little bit of mobility, um, whereas Andy Dalton is really kind of a stationary target, but. Uh, you know, that's not to say Kurt Cousins is – he's not exactly Fran Tarkenton in the back backfield either. But um, but I think the Vikings, given their druthers, I, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I think I would rather play against Dalton as he is right now at this point in his career. I mean, like I said, you know, the, with Dalton, you know, it's a guy I'm also very familiar with. I mean, I did watch him play at TCU. I mean, that year in 2010 winning the uh... – the Rose Bowl against uh, Wisconsin. I mean, that was a hell of a game. But I mean, if Dalton plays, then you know what? I'm not gonna do any. I'm not gonna really be mad about it. I mean, you know, it's like I said, I have nothing against the guy, but I just think the Cowboys are better off going with with Gilbert. But it is what it is. But I'm looking at see, I'm looking right right now. Dallas still somehow has the fourth best passing offense in the league. And while I'm looking, and they average about 285 passing yards per game, and I'm looking at the Vikings, and they're all the way down here, and they average about 229. But you know that's because they haven't played the Cowboys defense yet. So I'm not going to say that that Kirk Cousins is gonna is really gonna get you know his butt kicked. I mean, who who knows what will happen? But but Minnesota's. I mean, don't be surprised, Steve, if if Minnesota sticks with the running game because Minnesota's running game averages close to 154 yards per game. The Vikings have been able to run the ball. Um, one of the games that was earlier in the season, a game they really should have won on a Sunday night against Seattle, uh, they they ran the ball down Seattle's throat. Uh, just it was a game they absolutely should have won. Uh, Coach Zimmer made a decision late in the game that I think was faulty that kind of handed the game to 
Russell Wilson and, and the Seahawks. But uh, the, the game against Seattle really kind of showed just what kind of ground attack the, the Vikings are capable of, of doing. You know, and speaking of Mike Zimmer, that's actually a guy. Uh, he used to be. He used to be with the Cowboys. He was, I believe, back in two thousand eight. He was their defensive coordinator. He was actually. He was actually. He was with the Cowboys during the nineties. He was. He was a defensive coordinator from two thousand two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely. Yeah, he's definitely a guy from uh, that Dallas is very familiar with, and I'm sure you know he's familiar with Dallas. But, but now I'm looking. You know, you know Dallas has like the second worst rushing defense in the league. So. Yeah, I mean, don't be surprised if Dalvin Cook is gonna run is gonna run all over the place. Well, at this point, I think that um, I think that's a pretty simple thing to do, and if they can run well, I think it'll help open up the passing game. Um, Jefferson has been a really pleasant surprise uh, at wide receiver. I was really kind of dubious when the Vikings traded away Stephon Diggs to the Bills, and Diggs has actually been lighting it up with Buffalo. But, uh, and then Adam Thielen, best best ball player to ever come out of Minnesota State, Mankato, uh, had two touchdown grabs against the Bears the other night. Um, does not have subsonic speed or anything like that, but if you get the ball even close to him, he'll catch it. I mean, the first touchdown he scored against the Bears on Monday night, this perfectly, the ball was perfectly threaded by Cousins, but it was still a one, one arm grab by Thielen and then somehow was able to adjust his body hanging onto the ball with one arm so that when he landed on the ground, it wouldn't jar the ball loose where it would have been an incomplete pass. It was a great reception. Um, I mean, he's just, He's just such a good receiver, and um, you know, I just hope hope that he can stay healthy. He's had some injury problems earlier on in the season. He has, and you know, Minnesota's secondary from this is they allow close to two hundred sixty passing yards per game. So, if Gail Gilbert plays against Minnesota, I'm sure Gail Gilbert is perfectly capable of having having another game, good game, especially in the passing game. And what's amazing is Gilbert was able to connect well with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper against Pittsburgh. Um, just in Gar- Gil- excuse me, in Garrett Gilbert's case, I only hope that CeeDee Lamb can hold on to the ball and Amari Cooper. And everything goes well. I mean, Dallas may have it may have a shot, but with Dallas's you know defense, you know all of a sudden like it, it looks as as though like Kirk Cousins gets sacked and he fumbled, then there's a penalty on the play and it's on Dallas. I mean, Dallas has had a habit of committing such crucial penalties you know, that just kill their momentum. I mean, if that happens against Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota's just going to take advantage. I mean, so that's one of the keys to victory for, for my Cowboys. They have to force some turnovers. they got to play good defense. I mean, they really got to not allow Kirk Cousins to actually play Captain Kirk. I mean, that's that's a joke I like to play. Like, when he's Captain Kirk, it's when he has a good game. But if the, if the Cowboys can sack him, you know, prevent him from, you know, torching the secondary and somehow keep Dalvin Cook in place, like not let him run over the place, then Dallas certainly has a shot, but I don't see I don't see Dalvin Cook, you know, bowing down to the Cowboys defense. I see him destroying it to be honest. Well the Vikings have a couple of Achilles heels, if you will. Uh number one, their special teams are horrible. And the the horrible special teams are on full display on Monday night against uh the Bears. 
uh, missed extra points, uh, giving up a 104-yard kickoff return to Cordell Patterson. Um, they have had so many problems with their special teams this year. Clearly, their quarterback play has not been good. I was really disappointed in the draft when the Vikings did not go after a guy who was actually in their own backyard, Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, they passed on him in the first round, and the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took him. And he's just been lights out. I think uh, he could be quite a candidate for being defensive rookie of the year in the NFC. Uh, Winfield has just been fantastic. And when I think of, boy, we could have had him in Minnesota uh, where his dad played pro ball, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, the Vikings quarter play has been really bad. And then the other potential Achilles heel for the Vikings is because uh, if it's the Kirk Cousins of the first five games of the season where he would make bad throws and give up uh, interceptions, you know, that's the other thing. Um, he did, th he did have an interception the other night against the bears, but that was, that was really his only mistake. But uh, it, it is, a, those are, those are probably the two bit most glaring weaknesses though, for the Vikings are definitely their special teams play and their corners. Well, for special teams play is as horrible as it is. I mean, CD lamb, could have you know, a couple of good punt returns. I mean, if that if that happens, then Cowboys have to take advantage, and that's another key to victory. The Cowboys' offense has to score points, not settle for field goals, but they have to drive the ball and get into the end zone. Like whether it's running the ball, whether it's passing, I don't care. They have to score some points. So that's two so far for me. Dallas defense needs to force some turnovers. They got to sack the quarterback. The Cowboys' offense has to score some points. And speaking of turnovers. Dallas has the worst uh, turnover differential in the league at negative 13, while Minnesota's is up at negative 3. So it seems like it seems like both teams can't seem to be forcing turnovers. Well, at least Dallas can't. I mean, from what I'm looking at total takeaways right now, obviously Pittsburgh is at the top, but Dallas is, you know, you know, stuck at 7 while Minnesota, you know, Minnesota's actually pretty high. Okay, they only got they got 11 this year, so it's not great for both, but I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if Dallas is good, you know, if Dallas can't force any turnovers. If they commit them rather than, than force them, Minnesota is going to win the game in good fashion. But uh, you know, we'll see. They'll be playing at home, although no fans. Uh, Governor Waltz of Minnesota has pretty much said that there is not going to be any fans at all. At uh, at US Bank Stadium, um, so uh, which is which is unfortunate that they couldn't come up with something as far as a compromise. Uh, but unfortunately, though, too, in the Upper Midwest, as some of your listeners may be aware, uh, the amount of COVID cases and the amount of, not just COVID cases, but people that are being hospitalized in an ICUs. Those numbers in the upper Midwest, that five-state area of the Dakotas, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin has been hit particularly hard, too. So in view of those numbers, I think Governor Waltz had to bow down to that, and he's not allowing any fans at, at Viking games this year. It's really a shame, too, but uh, but I'm looking at total offense. You know, Dallas, Minnesota, Dallas is right above Minnesota with, an average of 395 total yards per game, while Minnesota's at 382. So I kind of see this as a game where both teams, well, 
okay, if Gilbert plays, then Cowboys offense can have a good game. At least the passing game will. But I kind of see this as a game that has the potential of being a high-scoring game, which is why I'm predicting Minnesota wins 38-28. Well, both teams have to feel that this is a very winnable game. Both teams also feel that this is a must-win game. The Vikings win, all of a sudden they're at 500, and all of a sudden their season has a whole other outlook. Um, they don't have a super easy second part of their schedule. I mean, yeah, they do have Jacksonville. That's a winnable game. Detroit's a winnable game. But they have to play Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. They have to play the Saints. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say. But, you know, can 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven with the Bears going into free fall and the possibility of an expanded playoff field for the NFL this year? You know, eight and eight, nine and seven for the Vikings may be enough to get into the playoffs, as opposed to the NFC East. I honestly think six, six or six and ten, seven and nine. I think will ultimately win this division. I think whoever wins the NFC East this year is not even going to be playing five hundred ball at the end. And that's just how horrible it is. And and honestly, this this is definitely a must win for Dallas because Dallas plays on Thanksgiving against you know the Washington football team and. You know, at this point, if if there's a game I would beg God to let the Cowboys win, it's on Thanksgiving because I don't want the I don't want Washington beating us at home on Thanksgiving. I mean, I want to enjoy my I actually want to enjoy my Thanksgiving, but but I, I can't I can't see Dallas somehow winning on on Sunday even with if, with Gilbert. I mean, Gilbert's definitely gonna lead the the Cowboys. I mean, if they lose, it's a losing effort, and that's the key losing effort. Because that that's just how Gilbert was. I mean, Gilbert, you know, all of a sudden has that game against Pittsburgh. He surprises us all. I mean, why not keep him playing? I mean, it, it would be a stupid mistake not to keep have him keep playing. I mean, he's got momentum. And, and you know what? Let's be honest. I don't see Andy Dalton returning next year as the backup. But I think Gator Gilbert has the potential of coming back. But as, as I wrap this up, I mean, there was actually a story that there's a possibility that the Cowboys were talking to the Vikings about somehow a trade involving Dak Prescott. And I told myself, if the Vikings... Give us their first round pick for Prescott. I'm all for it, but I don't see it happening really. I mean, I don't. Even the Vikings aren't that stupid. No, I don't see a replay of the Herschel Walker trade. Exactly. I mean, that's my point exactly, and I don't want to bring it up because I didn't want to upset you about it. But, but you know, look, I got, and I'm going to explain to you why I don't think I think they should let Prescott go. And I'm sure that you, and 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 I'm sure that since you know football well, you'll understand. Look, I get it. Prescott's a nice guy, but the problem is. We need results on the gridiron, and, and Prescott has not been giving us the results that we need. Sure, his stats are definitely good, and he's probably a dude that's good on paper, as Wiley, the vet, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, who's usually on this show, would, would, would say. But the problem is, he's not a quarterback that does well all the time. Like He's only good like in the second half, and he puts up stats which are known to be known as garbage time stats, okay? We need a, Cowboys need a quarterback that can do well all four quarters. I mean, obviously, we don't need a. There's no guy that's going to win us every single game, but Prescott has a has a problem with you know the accuracy and the mechanics. I mean, he's only he's only good against bad teams. I mean, from what I saw last year, he only played good against bad teams and against good teams, he was terrible. So I asked those Cowboys fans, how could you be satisfied with paying a quarterback that's not clutch, that's honestly overrated? Why would you be happy with them with him being paid forty million dollars a season? I mean, I mean seriously, I tell him like, how could you be happy? Because look, it's not the right move. So that's why. I mean, 
with all due respect, it the best thing to do is let Prescott go. If we have a top five draft pick, draft a quarterback. I mean, for Prescott to demand over $40 million a year knowing he's not that good and he hasn't really done anything for the Cowboys. I mean, he did win us that playoff game two years ago, which is that's when he came up clutch. But that was just a one-season wonder. I mean, overall, Prescott really hasn't done anything. So that's why I say let him let him walk. I mean, if, if he's only going to keep turning down more than reasonable deals and not and, and not, not kind of like commit himself to the Cowboys that way, I say let him walk. It's the best thing to do. I don't know. I still think the Cowboys, as an as a outsider looking in, I still think the Cowboy problems, beginning, middle, and end of their problems are they got to get Jerry Jones has got to step aside from his pseudo GM role. He's got to let Steve take over the reins. I mean, ever ever since he ran Jimmy Johnson out, and the Cowboys could have they could have dominated football for another decade, but uh, Mr. Jones and his ego have just been detrimental. I think to the Cowboys as an organization. I truly think that I don't know if Prescott is the problem as much as I think Mr. Jones needs to step aside, and I think he needs to let Steve take over the reins and and make the personnel decisions. You know, and speaking of Steven, those all those different deals that Prescott was offered that he soured on, I really believe that Steven actually made those offers, not Jerry, because we know that Jerry is gonna pay if a player if the player that he loves so much he's gonna give him exactly what he wants. So I I actually believe that Steven Jones made those offers, not Jerry. But like I said, that's as an outsider looking in. Yeah, it is. But yeah, you're right. I mean, see, that that's what I stress. I mean, you've probably seen all these Cowboy fans say the same thing every year. This is our year. This is our year. I'm just kind of like, guys, you're in denial. I mean, look, as you just mentioned, the whole thing with Jerry Jones, with his, you know, him running Jimmy Johnson out of town. Look, Jerry Jones with his, you know, GM, you know, dictatorship like, you know, you know, law, whatever you want to call it. It's been tearing the team apart for 25 years. So I asked these fans, what makes you think now all of a sudden it's going to go away? Like, even if Jerry's still here, I'm like, no. Until Jerry Jones is not part of the team and until Steven takes over, I don't expect the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's hard to say, but it's true. It's been like that for over 20 years. I mean, it's not going to change. Well... On the bright side, at least for Cowboy fans, you've won a few Super Bowls. As a Vikings fan, we're still 0 for 4, and the last time the Vikings even were in a Super Bowl, I was a sophomore in high school. Actually, I take that back. Yeah, that's right. I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, this was the 76, and then the Super Bowl was in 77 when they got hammered by the Raiders. So Vikings have not been back to a Super Bowl since then. So, uh, at least for Cowboy fans, you can at least reflect and you, you, can, uh, you can enjoy uh, the fact that you won a few Super Bowls. But if you're a Cowboy fan that's under the age of 20, you don't have any real memory of the Cowboys winning a, world, uh, a Super Bowl. It's been a little while. I mean, what really adds salt to the wound is that the Vikings are kind of the reason why the Cowboys won those Super Bowls in the 90s. Oh, the Herschel Walker trade, by far. Yeah. By far. I mean, uh, Jerry Johnson, I mean, every one of those picks for the Herschel Walker deal, um, 
I mean, they ended up becoming something. Emmett Smith, Russell Maryland. I mean, the list goes on as far as the top flight players that the Cowboys were able to cash in on those draft picks that, that they got from the Vikings on the Herschel Walker trade. So, uh, yeah, no, no question in, in my lifetime, definitely, definitely the worst move ever made by, uh, by a Minnesota sports franchise. The only one that really even is in the same ballpark is when the, the twins let big poppy, uh, David Ortiz go to the Red Sox. That was probably the second worst move by any Minnesota sports franchise. And I really got to ask you, in your honest opinion, what makes you? Uh, why do you? Why do you? Th- okay, well, hold on, let me take that back. Do you know why the Vikings have unable to return to the Super Bowl, or why there's been so much disappointment? Do you believe it's the management or the ownership? Boy, it's such a bitch's brew of different things. Uh, Bad decisions, bad luck. Um, I mean, that 1998 year when um, Randy Moss's rookie year and the Cow- and the Vikings were 15 and one. Uh, they smoked uh, the Cowboys on national TV on the Thanksgiving game that year. Um, that was a team that uh, they were hosting the NFC Championship game. They were ahead. Uh, Late in the game, Gary Anderson, the Vikings kicker, had not missed a kick the entire year. Misses a fairly kickable, I think it was like a 38 or 39-yard field goal. He missed it. Uh, Atlanta comes back, ties the game. They win it in overtime. Um, that That was pretty tough. A couple of years ago, um, when the Vikings had the miracle in Minneapolis, they upset. Uh, well, they they totally shocked the world in beating the Saints on that crazy pass play from Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs. But then they got to the NFC title game, and um, Nick Foles just lit them up like a Christmas tree. And then they would end up uh, beating the Patriots in the, the Super Bowl. As far as any single reason? No, I don't think there's any single reason. It's it's a combination of things. It's like asking a Chicago Cubs fan during that whole spell when they went you know over a hundred years without winning a World Series. Was there any one thing that kept the Cubs from winning a World Series? It was a combination of things, and I think that's that's also the thing that's happened with the Vikings. So uh, right now, though, uh, this is a team that's not going to be going to the Super Bowl in the next couple of years, barring barring some incredible move or anything like that. So uh, I'll just have to keep waiting. And that's that, – okay, keep waiting. There you go. That That's the key word I'm looking – the key words right there. As far as the Cowboys ever making a Super Bowl, we'll have to keep waiting because first thing to do is, for, is wait till Jerry Jones step aside. And, you know, I, I think you're right. Look, you know, I might have gone too far with Prescott, but you know what? The problem is – him turning out all those, de- turning down all those deals. You, that, that's why you know what, just flat out. All right, it, it's at least four different deals, more than reasonable. He doesn't want them. Let him go. I mean, that's that's the best thing because you know, you know, a, a lot of people argue. Okay, this year, yeah, the offensive line was terrible, but last year the the Cowboys had a good offensive line and, and they had all that potential. and They still didn't do it. And Prescott, 
that that's the biggest point. He was good against bad teams. That's what we saw last year. So I mean, I, I know a lot of Cowboy fans love Prescott, and I'm sure they're mad at me right now because of what I just said. But but guys, if you look deeply into it, if you look at everything, you know I'm telling the truth. I mean, Prescott looks good on paper, but the results on the gridiron, it's not it's not the it's not the, it's not what we want to see. I mean, think about it. Like the Cowboys are already down by 30 points, and all of a sudden he's like averaging 20 yards 20 yards per pass. I mean, where was that at the beginning? That, that's the point I'm trying to make. That's the quarterback Dallas needs, a guy that can start well, that, that can go well from start to finish. That's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> I mean, basically we need a guy that was like Troy Aikman. I mean, I, I, lo- I mean, Romo was definitely good. I mean, this for a guy that supposedly choked a lot, Romo did have like a lot of come-from-behind wins, but it, it just seems like Prescott obviously is not the man. He's not. <laughs> I mean... It's like you said, Steve. We'll just have to. We'll just have to keep waiting. Yep, indeed. <laughs> okay, so now let's wrap it up. What's your final score prediction for this Sunday's game between your Vikings and my Cowboys? I think the Vikings win twenty-four twelve. Okay. Uh, and, and is this assuming that Andy Dalton starts? No, I'm just, just, just my gut feeling. Call it. All right, because you know. Dallas with a terrible offensive line, the the running game, you know Zeke Elliott not really having just just having a horrible year, you know, with with, with all the holes you know that needs to be filled with Dallas, yeah, I mean it's it's certainly a, it's definitely a realistic pick, but I'm gonna go with Minnesota wins 38-28. If Gilbert starts, you know, if Gilbert starts, it's gonna be a losing effort, but that's really all I can say. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up for the preview between this Sunday's game between Dallas and Minnesota. Steve, I want to thank you so very much for coming tonight and talking American football with me. I know that our usual thing is talking soccer, but it was finally good to listen to you talk some football. No, thanks for having me as a guest. I enjoyed it. All right, thank you very much. And remind you folks that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Steve, thank you very much. And honestly, I really do hope your Vikings do win because I want that top five overall draft pick. And perhaps, <laughs> okay, if somehow, some way, the Cowboys get the number one overall pick, I'm willing to have them lose the rest of the season. I don't care. <laughs> you got to be careful what you wish for. I mean, look how many number one picks that the Cleveland Browns have had over like the last 15 years and how many of them have really panned out. So just because you get the, the that number one pick, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to amount to much. It's such a crapshoot when you go to the draft. But that's a but that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Very true indeed. That's the best way to close it. All right, everybody, y'all have a good night. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>